New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, church family, this is Brad White, men's pastor here at New Vision. Excited to be with you for another day on our podcast. Today, we are going to be in Proverbs chapter 5, and I'm going to be reading from the NIV. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Turn your ear to my words of insight, that you may maintain discretion and that your lips may preserve knowledge. For the lips of the adulterous woman drip like honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. She gives no thought to the way of life. Her path wanders aimlessly, but she does not know it. Now then, my son, listen to me. Do not turn aside from what I say. Keep to a path far from her. Do not go near her door, lest you lose your honor to others and your dignity to one who is cruel. Lest strangers feast on your wealth and let your toil enrich the house of another. At the end of your life, you will groan. When your flesh and body are spent, you will say, How I hated discipline. How my heart spurned correction. I would not obey my teachers or turn my ears to instruction. And I was soon in serious trouble in the assembly of God's people. Drink water from your own cistern, running water from your own well. Should your springs overflow in the streets, your streams of water in public squares, let them be yours alone, never to be shared with strangers. May your fountain be blessed, and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth, a loving doe, a graceful deer. May her breast satisfy you always. May you ever be intoxicated with her love. Why, my son, be intoxicated with another man's wife? Why embrace the bosom of a wayward woman? For your ways are in full view of the Lord, and he examines all of your paths. The evil deeds of the wicked ensnare them, and the cords of their sins hold them fast. For lack of discipline, they will die, led astray by their own great folly. So there's really two categories of those of you that are listening today. There's those of you that are married. And then there's those of you that are not married. And maybe for those of you that aren't married, it might be easy for you to believe that there's really nothing here in these passages for you. But I think if you will hang on for just a little bit, we'll be able to pull out some truth together and make some totable, some takeaway application that you can apply to your lives today. As I read these verses, it seems very clear that we are being reminded of the seventh commandment given to Moses. Seventh commandment, of course, is thou shalt not commit adultery. And if we were to break down this passage, chapter five, we would see a few major themes. First is a warning against adultery. Then we are given ramifications for what will follow if we give into adultery. And then the passage concludes with reminding us of the gift that we have in our spouse. 
there was a recent Gallup poll that found that 91% of people, both believers and non-believers, agreed that cheating, infidelity, is morally wrong. Yet, of those that were surveyed, 55% of those polled said that they know or have known someone who has been involved with an affair. So clearly there seems to be some type of disconnect that's taking place between what people say and then what actually happens or what they do. And I'm sure that there are some of you that are listening that have been affected by infidelity. And there are others of you that if you're being honest, you kind of have this pharisaical attitude towards the idea of adultery and this topic. And maybe it makes you think something like this, I would never... Or, man, this scripture is really for, for someone else. But what we know as Christ followers is that we've been called to a higher standard. Jesus is speaking in Matthew chapter 5, verse 27, and he says this, You have heard it said you should not commit adultery. So he's reminding them of the old law. He's reminding them of the seventh commandment. But then he says this, But I tell you that if anyone looks at a woman lustfully, he has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Wait, 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 what, Jesus? So based on what this verse is saying, we can fall to adultery before we're married, and without the other person even being aware of it. So what this means is that God sees something that has maybe only been a private thought for us in the same way as really committing the act. This is crazy, I know, but this statement that Jesus makes really broadens the door and shows us just how broken we are. I would be remiss here not to mention pornography, There are some of you that are listening that would say unequivocally that you would never cheat on your spouse, yet you find yourself maybe reading erotic novels or week after week in front of your device lost in your lustful, selfish desires. Jesus doesn't conclude this statement that he makes in Matthew chapter 5 there. He proceeds to give us some really sound and practical advice in verse 29 through 30. So let's pick it up in verse 29. It says this, If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown in hell. Verse 30. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown in hell. I want to read that again. That was in the NIV. I want to read it to you in the NBWV. That's the new Brad White version. This is my own take on this verse, so check it out. This is, again, the Brad White version. It says this, If your laptop, your desktop, your book, or your tablet cause you to lust, trash it. It's better for you to not have a laptop, a desktop, a book, or a tablet than for you to be walking in sin. And if your smartphone causes you to lust, causes you to chat with old flings on social media, causes you to read things that you shouldn't read or to look at pornography, throw it away. It's better to have a flip phone and honor God than to have a smartphone and lose your soul. These behaviors are ultimately driven from faulty belief systems that we hold. 
If you find yourself with one of these hangups, I would challenge you to reach out to our care ministry so that you can get some help with these hangups. I want to quote Pastor Brady. This is one of my favorite Pastor Brady quotes. He says this, marriage isn't about your happiness. It's about your holiness. And many of us walked into marriage expecting the feeling of love that we had when we were dating to never fade away. And we have incorrectly looked to our spouse to meet our deepest needs. When they fail to do so, we assume that we must have married the wrong person or we think, hey, maybe someone else would be able to meet this need, would be able to give me this love that I'm looking for. But here's the truth, and you know this. The truth is is that no person or thing will ever be able to meet the deepest needs that you have. Only Christ can give you this solid ID built on this foundation of the completed work of Christ. Until you can truly step into this ID that Christ is giving us, you will always be lost looking for gratification and satisfaction in all of the wrong places. Maybe today your marriage is in a difficult spot and you would say that the love in your relationship has really faded. Well, here's what I want to remind you of. Love is a verb. Verbs demand action. In 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 5, it tells us this, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong. For some of you today, the challenge is to throw away your lustful desires and to come into an accountable relationship, maybe with our care ministry. For others of you, it's accepting the gift of salvation and staking your identity in the only one that can truly satisfy you in and through a relationship with Christ. And maybe for others of you, it's choosing the attributes of love and loving your spouse through the lens of 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 and 5, that we choose to be patient with our spouse, that we choose to be kind, that we're not envious, that we're not boastful, that we're not proud, that we seek to honor others, and that we are not self-seeking, that we are not easily angered, and that we do not keep a record of the wrongs that have been held against us, and that we choose love today. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you for the truth of your word, and I pray today for my friends that are stuck in patterns of lust, that they would reach out and that they would get accountability and that they'd be able to get really to the core of the issue, God, that you would remind them of who they are in you. God, for others who are struggling in their relationships, I pray that they would look towards you, God, and that as they look towards you, that you would draw them and their spouse closer together. God, would you give us the ability today to make the decision to love others the way that you have loved us? In your name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.